now it's time for the TOT Cast with Crystal Cranus, Natea J, and Ryan Greco. And welcome back to this edition of the TOT Cast. I am Ryan Greco here on the Fan Side of Network. And as always, I am joined by Chris O'Cranus and Natea J. Be sure to reach the show at Tip of the Tower on Twitter. And also, you can reach me at Ryan Greco416. You can reach Chris O'Cranus at Chris O'Cranus. And of course, you can always reach Natea at Tay11 underscore. That is T E Y 11 underscore on Twitter. And always be sure to like our Facebook page. Hello, good evening, gentlemen. Here we are. Chris, how are you feeling so far this uh, this evening? Uh, I've never been better just to uh, troll the Tay a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> and why are you trolling the Tay? I missed the guy, man. It's been a couple <laughs> weeks without him on here. Honestly, that's the word. And that, yeah. Where, where have you been? New Year, new me. That's all I got to say. I'm oh, just kidding. Um, well, Happy New Year, guys, to start off. Happy New Year, Chris. Ryan. Happy New Year, Nate. Thank you. Um, I must say, the New Year has been great so far. A lot of relaxing, a lot of time, you know, spending with the family. And, you know, that's pretty much where I've been with the family, you know, taking time to unwind a little bit. I'm sorry I couldn't be here with you guys last time, but as I heard, it was an awesome show. And I'm just excited to be back and, you know, grinding it out with you guys. A lot. You've been lifting this whole time. <laughs> I wish, man. It's the holidays. You know how that is. Now you got to get back into the lifting phase, actually, in yeah, fact. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know a team that didn't start off the New Year's on the right foot, and that would be the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they just recently dropped another game to the Chicago Bulls, this time 115-113. And then right after that, followed it up with a shellacking from Cleveland. You know, though, that's a tough back-to-back to play in Chicago and then play Cleveland the night after. And Especially your rested Cleveland team. Yeah, and finally all three playing together. Right. Kyrie, Love, and LeBron. It's the first time in a long time they've actually been together for an extended period of time, so it's never an easy back-to-back right there. Never. And Cleveland, to be honest, was firing an all-slinge. Kyrie had his best game of the season. He looked like finally the, like the Kyrie of old. You know, LeBron was distributing like the LeBron we always see. JR was hitting wild threes all over the place. And James Jones even got in some of the action. He was he was hitting threes for what it seemed like half court. So, <laughs> no, that team was not going to be beat by anybody. And uh, the Raptors, unfortunately, cut the the bad hand of that. Yeah, it's, and you can't forget Shumpert, having Shumpert back in the mix. Right. Yeah, no, honestly, I keep forgetting about him as well. They're, Cleveland's just really deep from top down when you look at it in the Eastern Conference. Yep, it's not surprising true. why it's them and everybody else, to be quite honest. Yeah, even despite the fact that there's quite a few teams in the Eastern Conference that are even within striking distance. I mean, the team right now, I think that's in seventh, is only four games back of Cleveland. Yeah, it's actually a really tight Eastern Conference, and it's kind of funny when you look at the Raptors, they're a game at a second, but they're also a game and a half out of the playoffs altogether. So it's an interesting dynamic that they have there. Um, one of the things that kind of was tough to watch when they played the Bulls, though, was Damari Carroll, who now is going to be out... How long, unknown, but he's going to be out a while with his knee injury. What did you guys think about Damari? I mean, it was tough watching Jimmy Butler torch him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I kind of tweeted about this. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a hell of a player, but when he gets on a roll, man, I didn't know he had that in him, to be honest with you. I watched the game really closely and saw a lot of the things Jimmy Butler did that I didn't know he was capable of. You know, time uh, beating Michael Jordan's record for points and a half, with what forty? He did beat yeah, it by it's, one point. It's it was incredible to see him see him playing like that. But a lot of that was because Demar Carroll wasn't fully healthy, um, and it's tough to watch him out there, you know, playing through the pain because you know the guy's a, a gamer and you know he's going to give it everything he has each night. But 
you know, I think it, it would have been smart to kind of shut him down a little bit, knowing that he was struggling so much. And especially when you see a guy like that struggling on a defensive end, he he takes pride in defense, right? And yeah. and to be that's what got him big money, exactly. And and to for Jimmy Butler to put on that kind of display, it just shows you he wasn't right. And you know, it goes to show you that you know even. Uh, the coaches they they they've got to step in. Even when a guy says he's he's good enough to play, and uh, but you see him struggling at what he's best at, you you gotta coaches got to kind of step in there and you know you know put him aside and get someone else in there, get some fresh bodies in there. Mainly James Johnson. Well, they refuse. Like, <laughs> I don't know what Casey and James Johnson have with each other, or if one of them has one on. It's just something. But he refuses to play James Johnson. Yeah, for it's whatever a, reason. It's yeah. a shame because that's, that, that guy's that's a spark the mystery. Ball. That's a mystery of season. I mean, sometimes you can kind of see it. He'll miss a defensive rotation here or there. But it's not enough to keep him entirely out of a game and not see one minute. He's playing as much as Norman Powell sometimes. And, yep. and James Johnson has an NBA skill set that not a lot of people have. He can take the ball to the hole. Well, he's got the length, too. He's got right? the length. He's not, he's he can not, guard multiple positions. Exactly. Yeah. He's, not, he's courageous. He's not scared to take it to the hole, uh, as you see some other guys like don't like to do. And... He can create his own offense. Well, he's a better rotational player than people give him credit for. Right. He's mm-hmm. not a starter, but he's also not right. a he's not a coach's no. decision either. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> he's definitely not the guy on the 12th. He's not the 12th man at the end of the bench. That's, that's one of my biggest mysteries of the whole year is uh, how they're using James Johnson. I mean, I saw, I was reading something where uh, his role, like he had a tweet the other day where he said uh, he just put underutilized. Oh, that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. And the coaches talked to him about that and said, you know, it wasn't right for him to do that. And they explained to him that, you know, you're the you're the third power forward, and you know the other two guys are doing great. Uh, you, you got Scola who's playing well, and Patterson's coming off bench and playing well, and he's essentially the third center too. JV, Bismack, and then you know him in a pinch, yeah. right? So the guys they're basically playing something that the guys ahead of them are are playing better right now, but. Now, that's what a lot of coaches say. You know, obviously the guys are playing better, but find a way to get him in there. He he has something that this team lacks, and you know, that's just my take on it. I don't know what you guys think. No, I agree with you, but I mean to not get too far in James Johnson chat because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's literally, is no answer to right. why he doesn't play, and he's going to see his minutes, especially now with Carroll, because you can make the argument. Actually, I don't even think it's really an argument. I think it's more of a statement that losing Carroll. Uh, other than losing either Lowry or DeRozan, knock on wood, you uh, losing Carroll is probably the biggest blow to this team. It is. 100%. Because he does so much. It's true. D and three. That's his uh, claim, claim. <laughs> I like that. D and came, three. <laughs> came to play, uh, fame, that's, uh, so to say. So D and three. He'll shoot the three ball really well, high percentage, and he'll defend. Uh, he's actually a really good defender. I watched him a lot this year against like some of the top guys in the league, and he gives guys trouble. So yeah, you know, takes great angles. To the he ball. does. He yes. does. He's just a smart player, and I think in the playoff series, uh, he he's going to be the difference maker that we didn't have last year. Mm-hmm. I really hope so on the perimeter because they some nights they need it. This Raptors defense doesn't force a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. I think they're in the bottom five of the league of forcing nope. turnovers. Yeah. So having a guy like Carroll there. To defend the perimeter, although you're not getting the turnovers, you're also going to help lower the efficiency of teams out on the perimeter, yeah. which come playoff time is key because those dagger threes can not only change a game, they can change an entire series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can only stop, uh, you can only force an offense to take bad shots so many times before right. they start finding the groove. Uh, you know, it's the NBA. Guys are going to make tough shots. It doesn't matter if doesn't matter who it is on the floor. Mm-hmm. So those are always things that you got to take into consideration. And you know. 
so with this recent stretch, I've, I've had a couple of takeaways, like three big takeaways that I've noticed that, you know, I think we can discuss a little bit further. Um, one is the slow starts. Like, they're notoriously slow, slow starting team. And, and I just want to know what you guys think is why. Why are they a slow starting team? I mean, if they know that, can't the coaches do something about it? Can't they, like, tell me. It's, it's kind of weird. You don't really see a lot of like high low situations or high ball screens, pick and rolls. It's just they kind of get out there, and it's just really weird watching them play in terms <laughs> of there's no continuity or there's there's structure on offense. But yeah. I feel like if Lowry or DeRozan doesn't get it going early, yeah, the team just, just takes a while mm-hmm, as a whole, mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's exactly. kind of weird to watch. It is weird to watch. There's a lot of iso ball situations. For a these lot, guys. a lot. You know, and it's one thing to have. You know, the Raptors are lucky to have two guys. Let alone, you know, it's one thing to have one guy who's offensively gifted like a Lowry or DeRozan, but to have both of them, mm-hmm. it just seems that you know they've been able to get away for a long time this season playing a lot of iso ball. And any time that they've went up, and this is why I find them. This is why I find they keep losing to the good teams, and they keep beating the bad teams because they're relying too much on their talent and not enough as a cohesive unit. Right. Um, I'm playing ISO. I, you know, that's kind of more what I was trying to get. I, at. I like to see them kind of get. If you're going to start JV, get them more involved in the offense earlier on. Right. Yeah. I know it may because that makes be, a huge difference. With yep. You see him; he, he's involved early. His defense picks up and he's more involved in the game. Yeah, he cares. He cares more when he knows he's getting touches. Defensively, he's horrendous. But if you're going to get him involved offensively, get him going early. Even even if it's just a a low post block, send him up back to the basket. Let him get something going. It will make a difference for him. Shaq said it best. Feed your big man. Yeah. yeah. He said this time and time again on TNT. He says it time and time again yeah, on the podcast. Anytime you're talking about a big guy, he's like, hey, you got to feed the big man. Yeah. Let him play. Let him get the touches. Let him feel like he's important instead of just doing the grunt work. It's the same thing as, you know, buying beers for your linemen, at the, for your offensive linemen, if you're the quarterback going out to the bar. Yeah. Make right. him feel important because they're the ones doing the dirty work when it's all said and done. Right. Also, my other thing I noticed, and it's been, I've been kind of struggling with this, is the uh, in my head I think it's a it's a you know how you have contraband uh, quarterback uh, controversies and it's not going to be so much of a controversy because JV is a starter but the JV Bismack uh, issue and I think it might be an <laughs> like issue now issue. <laughs> because it's not so much a controversy because JV is getting the starter money he's going to be the starter but Bismack at times this year when JV's been out. I think he's he's outplayed him during stretches, uh, and I see it. I see he's he has more energy. He's more active on the defensive end. He'll get that offensive rebound. He's a monster on the glass. He'll he'll defend pick and rolls. He won't score right, and he has trouble catching the ball in the post. He's got that but, great post move. That <laughs> it confuses himself sometimes, <laughs> but he'll hit his free throws. He's not a horrible free throw shooter. I'm just wondering. Why he's not getting more minutes, and they're just forcing JV, to, you know, to to be in there. I just, what do you guys think about that whole the, like there's, JV issue? There's about sixty million plus reasons why JV's gonna be on the money floor. talks. Yep. Oh yeah, I mean, you invest in the guy long term, right? Talks. You gotta you gotta make sure you get something out of him. Yep. So in today's NBA, was that a mistake? I mean, I know no. he's a young player, and you have to, and the, the league is leaning to, towards smaller players. Like as you saw in the game, the Cavs benched Mozgov and put. Uh, Tristan Thompson in the starting lineup for that same reason. Mozgov is liability on on defense. Uh, the Raptors have a great record. Or sorry, the Cavaliers have a great record. Whenever Thompson, starts oh yeah, too. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know, I don't know what it, it, whether this issue needs to be addressed or what needs to be done. But 
it's definitely JV's out there and he's struggling on defense and he's not getting shots to fall and he's frustrated. And then you see Bismack comes in and he just he doesn't care about his offense. He's just grabbing boards. He's just playing defense. He's just, you know, staring guys down, giving people in the Matumbo yeah, finger. I think you would know this better than anybody coming off injuries. Like, you've been mm-hmm. through injuries in your career. Mm-hmm. It takes a little while to get your legs it back. It does. Get accustomed to actually play again. It does. So, come back and talk to me in like two, three weeks about JV. And if he's still struggling, we got a real problem. Right. But if okay. he's, if he's not by then, That's fair. I think it just might be a case of he doesn't have his legs back. You can't yeah. emulate you can't. actual games in practice. No. That's true. And he does look... You know, sometimes he looks okay, but he does kind of look. A, he's always, you know, had slow feet. He's but a little he does bit aloof. Look, yeah, I yeah, yeah. He looks aloof yeah. out there. Yeah, he just fouling people just because yeah. you know he's just out of control. And yeah. uh, I think it might be a case of he just hasn't played a lot of games yeah. recently, so maybe it's his true. issue. Is and I'm not playing. saying he's like Bismack is better than him. I'm just saying right now in the current situation that they have, at, you know, at hand, maybe play Bismack a little bit more because he provides. You know, the defense, the rebounding. And, um, well, one player that's kind of covered up and masked a lot of the Raptors' issues recently is DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. He's played out of his mind this month. Nuts. Like, in the past month of January, the Raptors went 9-6. and six. Mm-hmm. DeRozan was pretty much lights out. He averaged 25 points a game, shot 47% from the field, and he got to the free throw line almost eight and a half times a game, which is something we didn't see a lot of in the first couple of months. I mean, eight and a half times a game yeah. getting the free throw line. That's that's definitely super. Second to James Harden. How, yeah. how long is he? How how far along has he came along? Even in his career, from a guy when he first came broke into the league was a guy who would always settle couldn't for the jump shoot. shot. He couldn't yeah. shoot. And, almost, and that's the thing. That was that was the worst part about it. He yeah. couldn't shoot, but he would settle for the jump shot. He would yeah. not attack the rim enough. Yeah. And now it's like you know you'd have to you'd have to get a you'd have to get a rope to try and pull him back from yeah. attacking the basket nowadays. Yeah. Which is I nice. Think, I yeah. think the thing with DeRozan, what really took his game up another notch was, and people always talk about it, is uh, you know the team US. He's gone to two straight Team USA camps, and oh, you yeah. know working with that caliber player, just like the best of the best. It does something to you, right? So whenever you're around elite competition, you you always forced to kind of evaluate your game and see where you are compared to them. Mm-hmm. And I think you know Demar being in those camps was able to you know sort of look look at his game and see how far or how close he was. And you know to his credit, he put in the the, the proper amount of work to 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 kind of match and be on the level of a James Harden when it comes to two guards. He's you know arguably. Top three shooting guards in the NBA. You think so? Arguably, you got. I think he's getting his way there, but let's not forget about the guards. beginning of this year. Shooting he guards. Was, he struggled a little bit. He was he very mediocre. Yeah, yeah he struggled, yeah. but he's come around, and and he's. He, well, he, here is this month of December an anomaly, or is this something that we should expect to see more of going forward? I think the kind of player Demar Rosen wants to be. I think this is what you can expect to see going forward. Uh, he's you know high pride guy. The guy the guy puts the work in. I think I think you know beginning of the season like you can't you know you can't place uh, a big stake in what happens at the beginning of the season. I'll uh, I'll I'll say one thing right now. Um, as far as to answer your question, Chris, is this something we should ex- come to expect? This is what we're going to need to expect if the Raptors are going to make any serious playoff push. Hundred percent. This is this is the guy that we're going to need moving forward. If the Raptors are to be taken seriously, and when it, when you get into the postseason and moving on further, you know, a few further seasons down the line, 
Um, I agree. Whether we expect it or whether he can actually do it is, is still up for debate because obviously none of us can predict the future. But I think, you know, this is what we're going to need. He and I and you can tell he wants it. Like he, he's he's never been the type of guy. And the one thing I always loved about about Tamar Derozan is that I don't know if it was the fact because he was kind of out here in Toronto, which is a media market to a certain extent that gets ignored a lot by the United States, but it's allowed him to really stay away from joining the friends club. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about when I mean that. This is a guy who doesn't just go and pal around and shake hands and, and you know, dap opposing star players when they're playing against him. No, his, his, his goal, when you see him out there, he rarely ever smiles. He's getting right down to business. Mm-hmm. He'll get right up in anyone's face as far as it, as, as it comes to competing mm-hmm. against anybody. And uh, he's always, he's always I, honestly, he's always carried that kind of swagger of, a, of the redheaded stepchild of uh, NBA stars, <laughs> yeah. you know, because he'll make the play, he'll make the, 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 the uh, playoffs with his team. He'll lead his team to the playoffs. He'll go into the all-star games, but you'll never see him as like one of those guys just like high-fiving LeBron James just yeah. because. And a lot of it could also be his upbringing in a sense, you know, as a kid from Compton, like he, you know, you could tell like he comes no, back now from anyone. Yeah, right. exactly. So it's like, I think that's just one thing. He's got the tools and he's got it in his genes to be that type of player all the time, whether he's going to be, I hope so because the Raptors are going to need it. So is he somebody the Raptors can build around going forward though? I mean, this is a contract here. It's no secret. Everybody knows that. But can the Raptors actually build around DeMar DeRozan going forward? They're one guy short. If they get one they more have, guy, absolutely. They have. Yeah. I think they have built That's around true. him and Cal Lowry. But putting around guys around him to you know maximize his game a little bit. And I think they're going to continue to do that because who else are you going to get? That's the question. Uh, if not DeRozan, who else? You can even ask – you can even pose the question, you know – if you bring in somebody who, just for the sake of argument, happens to be more talented or they pay more money to DeMar, how is that going to affect his production? How is that really going to affect him as a guy who's been the guy right. in Toronto now I think they for tried that with, with, with Rudy Gay a little bit. And you saw what happened when he left. They tried to bring in a guy, you know, a, a bigger name, that type of guy, and it just didn't work. The chemistry was off. The continuity was off. Um, Rudy Gay leaves. DeMar DeRozan blossoms. The team blossoms. And is much Far better off without him. Um, you're going to have to build around DeRozan. Like Ryan said, uh, the team needs him. The city needs him. And there, I don't think you can bring anybody else in with that. that It's going to be able to have that big of an impact with the community like DeMar DeRozan has already had. I think aside from Durant, the only other yes. player. Like Durant's the only Is he going to come here, though? No, I mean, that's a whole nother. That's the whole Drake yeah. uh, effect. I don't that's know. That's so many things. Let's right? hope. <laughs> I could go into it. But Let's I mean, hope. <laughs> in terms of having an impact on the franchise, the only other player I could possibly see having an impact possibly greater than him would be a guy like a Jamal Murray coming out of this year's draft. If he was to hmm. be drafted in the top five, let's say, by the Raptors, and he excels into the star yeah. that people think he can be. Yeah. yeah. Being he, from here, yeah. Canadian, all that. That's the only way I could see somebody being bigger. That's it. it. Yeah, but in terms of like immediate future, that's I mean, future you, in the next like five. Yeah, if you want to talk like Wiggins and yeah, stuff, no, that's 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 further down, down the road than people yeah, think. Like yeah, exactly. Five, six. Yeah, Durant, Murray, and second contract. By some fluke, the Raptors were to get Ben Simmons. That that's not going to happen. But yeah, if they, by some fluke that was, there's only three guys I can see for that to happen. They're going to need Lowry to suffer a season-ending injury and DeRozan to 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 be in a coma. And that's not happening. <laughs> You're gonna have to I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> not happening. That's not happening. Morbid negative figure. It's not happening. Out tank the 76ers. Right. And, and that <laughs> nobody <laughs> is out tanking the 76ers. Uh, they will get their Ben Simmons. Right? Uh, they have one print down on that. <laughs> honestly. They're like, honestly, they're like Gollum. The 76ers are like Gollum. <laughs> 
They're just convinced and they want it. <laughs> they want the pick every year. <laughs> probably, they're probably not even going to get the first pick because of the whole lottery. But it's... Lakers are going to get it. Because no. a healthy L.A. is a healthy NBA. Right. And right. they need that. The Lakers have been That's going to feed into the conspiracy theory that you know, people... Patrick Ewing, anyone? Well, I mean, the, the, NBA. the NBA is the only sport to get caught for... Right, setting up games. Right. I'm not gonna get into this. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's well. That's for another. That's for another episode. I know kids. What? <laughs> Five teams have won the championship in the past twenty some odd years. Yeah, I'd say it's a good league. Let's Just tune in in June. You know? <laughs> you gotta, it's true. Yeah, it's true. You gotta, you gotta ask those questions. Right. Well, okay. Here, what do you guys make of the Raptors going forward? Then, I mean, statistically, like especially advanced statistics, they're uh, they're one of the elite teams in the entire league. If you guys look at net rating, which is basically how many points a team scores for every 100 possessions, mm-hmm. the Raptors are the fourth best in the Eastern Conference, and they're actually the eighth best in the NBA. And if you want to go a little further with it, only three teams have a net rating of five or better, so plus five or better. That's the Cavs, the Warriors, and the Spurs. Uh, the Raptors took two of those three teams down to the wire twice, the Warriors, and once the Spurs, who they actually beat. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors themselves own a 3.4 net rating. So basically for every 100 possessions, the Raptors are extremely competitive if you want to use one advanced metric to kind of support the notion that the Raptors are actually one of the elite teams. Mm -hmm. So to kind of pose a long-winded question here, (laughs) what do you guys make of the Raptors going forward? Are they elite? Can they be that second team that everybody's so desperately searching for in the East? As long as they stay ahead of their opponents or at least keep the game close, yeah. But if they fall behind, they've they've shown... um, They've shown that they're not exactly a very good team when they fall behind. They're they're a team that panics. They're a team that relate that go. This goes back to the whole ISO ball uh, kind of strategy that they put together on their offense. Uh, you can tell that Coach Casey definitely made a uh, a serious attempt uh, this season at, at emphasizing defense over anything. And okay, it has well, been showing some exacts. Hold that thought, because the Raptors' offense has far exceeded the defense this year. Especially from like an advanced metric perspective, yeah, the Raptors are ranked the fourth best defense, yeah. and a lot of people are or offense. Sorry, and a lot of people are saying that they've been sacrificing defense to generate offense, yeah. which has been weird. They are to say what you were saying earlier. Yeah, it's been all the talk about case in the offseason, defense, 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 defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but that defense was you know put in place with the thought that you'd have a healthy Demari Carroll, and you know that's that's you know you can't discount the fact that he's been pretty much hurt the whole year. Um, he's probably had maybe five games where he's been fully healthy. So, I mean, I think with the healthy DeMary Carroll, those numbers uh, will go down. Well, they're ranked the 11th best defensive efficiency team in the NBA right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it could be the even fifth better. best offensive right. team, right. offensive efficiency-wise. Right. So it's kind of weird. Well, so your question is, are they an elite well, team? Well, they're ahead, Are right? they a team that yeah. can uh, hold on to second? I believe, I don't think they're an elite team. I think they're a good team. I think they're on that. You know, they're the elite teams in the league: the San Antonios, the uh, Clevelands, um, the well, Golden, Golden State. State yeah. you know? those three teams, oh, and maybe put OKC in there uh, when they're fully healthy. But I think Toronto is on that second tier with Indi- Indiana, with uh, with Dallas, with um, Miami. I think they're in that second tier, and. That's where they belong. Miami scares me, to be honest. They do, and yeah. they, they've always given Toronto a lot of a lot of a lot of trouble. Yeah, with or without LeBron James, right. and that that goes back to the whole thing I was talking about earlier. Well, with their offensive rating, yeah, they're one of the best in the league when they're winning, and when as soon as they but as soon as they fall behind by any significant margin, they drop down to the middle of the pack, to a middle of the pack offense. You know what? The Raptors' huge thing is a hundred. 
right? That's a hundred points. If they hold their opponents, that goes under, back, yeah, even to right, last year, right? If they hold, hold they're nineteen and three when they hold their opponents under a hundred points. So it clearly a hundred is their magic number. If their defense holds up and you know they get to a hundred first, they're they're mostly going to win the game, and that's something that you know we look at, we can say, and we can see the numbers, but. It's not playing out like they can they can have all the meetings they want and be like we need to hold guys under 100, but they need to find a way to implement it. And I don't have the answers. I'm not in the coaching staff. I can't you know tell you what they're well, trying to do. I can just look at it from afar. Here's one area that's been killing the Raptors this year is defending three the three ball. Yes. Yeah, the three ball. You can see that. Well, they've even even made like 18. What? Yeah, <laughs> teams are shooting 36.7 percent against them this year, which mm-hmm. is fifth worst in the NBA. And over this last stretch of 10 games, it's gone up to 38.1%. I mean, if almost four out of every 10 shots the opposition is taking is a three, yeah. and it's going in, yeah. that's, that's 12 that's, points right there. And it's interesting. it's interesting you bring that up as well, because this was a team that was, my, that was molded by, by general manager Masai Jerry as a team to have length, yep. especially on the wings. And he saw, in a way, you could, he saw the way the NBA was trending towards, with a lot more threes being taken. And you're going to need to be able to contest those shots and try and alter those shots. So why is it that the Raptors are having such a difficult time defending the three, yet they've been built as a team to be lengthy on the wings and to be able to try and contest these shots? Well, I kind of think they've became more concerned with defending the passing lanes than the actual perimeter. Mm -hmm. And by protecting the rim as much as they have been, it's opened up the perimeter again because this team does not force a lot of turnovers. Mm -hmm. I think they're in the bottom five of that as well. And like, they're in the same class as the Knicks when it comes to forcing turnovers. Mm. Let's be real. If we if we think the Raptors are going to go anywhere, a lot of the great teams in NBA history, for that matter, force turnovers, and when they force turnovers, they make you pay. Yeah. And they also defend the perimeter. The Raptors buckets. do neither well right now. So it's kind of bizarre how they've been able to maintain success going 9-6 and six in December, mm-hmm. but have defended the perimeter like horribly, haven't forced any turnovers, and like Nathan was saying, they've given up 100 points and they've really lived off their offense mm-hmm. so I, I it's just it's just bizarre mm-hmm. it's really bizarre. what would you what would you try and do to fix it chris i don't know i mean with no damari carroll it's going to be tough to defend the perimeter i really don't know how you would address that issue uh, yeah the thing is i guarantee you, you know, coaches they know this they know this before we do they know it they they, they address it to the team but it's just it's all about execution i mean once you start once you roll the ball out there and you start playing it's you know stuff starts happening you know there's only so much coaching that can be made, you know. It's up to the players to uh, to execute and produce. I got a question for you guys. Then uh, coming up, they've got Brooklyn, Washington, Philadelphia, Orlando, and then Brooklyn again. Uh, obviously, these games are all going to happen without Carroll. Um, but it's a good time for them to happen without Carroll. Exactly. So, but that's that. Out of these games, which one of which one of these games do you think could be a trap game for the Raptors, Chris? Um, probably the one that's a back to back on a travel night. If there is one, I haven't looked at the schedule. Yeah. But if there is one that's on a back-to-back with a travel night, it's just human at sports. It's just the way it is. If you're just looking at these yeah, teams. Yeah, they, they do have a back-to-back, know. actually. When is it? And it's uh, January 8th and 9th, Washington, and they play Philadelphia the next game on the 9th. Is that on the road or is that at home? Uh, they're at Philadelphia. The next, they're at home in? The next four is on the road. So they're, they're in London for Brooklyn, and then Washington, Philadelphia, Orlando, all on the road. Keep in mind, they're one game behind second place and one and a half out of last in the playoffs of the eighth seed. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously a back-to-back against yeah. a bad team like Philadelphia would be a good uh, trap candidate. Yeah, take the points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, under two. I, yeah. I, I took, you know, the next 10, 10 games, right, they face six teams under 500. 
Like six of, six of the next ten teams they face under five hundred. Let's be real. This is a stretch where they should they should it's they a, should win seven right. out of ten games. Right. Uh, JV should get it going. Right. Mm-hmm. The team should just work out a lot of kinks that they have. You know, and let Carroll get healthy. Right. The thing is, they're on the road for four, which is t- always tough. Yep. But they're the toughest team they're going to face is Orlando, which is on the road. So. Mm-hmm. They're actually not that bad. They, Orlando's not that bad. I think they're over five hundred uh, by two games. That would be my that would but be nine game. I'd the say combined record, nice. the combined record for these next ten teams that they're facing is one fifty one and one ninety one. So that's a four forty two winning percentage. Um, they they it should sounds good. Yes, yeah. you know. In other words, they should, in other they should words, be able, they, they should be able to pull these all off. Right. But if there was any game, I would say that they would probably lose against would be Orlando. Right. Yeah. I mean, this should be a stretch where they not only move up these recovery standings. They start to cement themselves as right. the creme de la creme in the Atlantic Division. Let's hope so, because ah, this, this is a tough division this year. You got to win the division. They're going to win the division, but the who, who, New York is New York is the second best team in the division. Okay, well here they're like they're four games under five. Every season that you guys start, what's no, like Boston's, the first goal you guys start division. down? Win Boston's the division. Exactly. Yeah. Boston's nineteen and fifteen. Right? Oh, I'm sorry, Boston. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Boston's looking Boston's no pretty decent either. this year. They're yeah. look, you know, they got good old good old Canadian boy from British Columbia. Yeah, like good, a lot of their second year guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know what the thing about that's interesting about Boston is that's a team that's been together for quite a few years now. That nucleus, you know, they that's a team that loaded up on draft picks. They've got some really yeah. good young solid Great bodies. Coach. Very Great good coach. Um, that's a team that's not afraid of anyone, as you could tell from uh, last uh, season, last playoffs against the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It actually almost you could make the argument cost the uh, Cavaliers a title. It yeah. did. It did. They helped. They helped. Love was out. Yeah. Well, let's say this then with the Raptors going forward. Obviously, they have a soft ten games, but obviously, anybody who's watching this team, whether Casey wants to admit or not, or is even conscious of it, they clearly value offense over defense right now. Is that going to change these ten games? Is the rotation going to change? Is What's the antidote to basically getting this team to play the elite level caliber basketball we all think they can play? Um, I think we're looking at it, these ten games. The antidote, the little softer opponents. No, nothing better than getting your game on track than facing a weaker opponent and you, you know, you assert your dominance, uh, so to speak. So, you know, these next ten games, the antidote is having weaker teams. I'll break it down to three things. One, um, limit JV's minutes, especially if he's struggling offensively. Let Bismack get some work in there. Let him stay physical. Let him play physically. Uh, two, please play James Johnson. Please just get him in we there. Need a, we, we need, need him to figure to play. out what's yeah. happening. Baltimore Carroll's out. You like they we didn't all, start him. Not if they started him last night against yes, the Cavs. Good so. because they're gonna have to. Yeah. Like that. That's gonna be something we're gonna have to move forward. And I'm not. And I can be patient with James for a couple games because, like we said, he's got the next couple of games are, are gonna be are, are relatively. They're not cream puff, but we'll just say that it's it's a lighter schedule than what they've been getting a lot the the uh, to start off their season. They're games they should win. <laughs> exactly. And then it'll be interesting to see what happens come time to face Boston, Miami, and the Clippers to finish out that ten game set. So that's where it's going to be really interesting to see what have we learned now. Now that we've played yeah. seven games, six games without uh, mm-hmm. without Damari Carroll, um, and yeah, the last thing I would just say is everyone keep it together. They just need to be able to keep it together in that sense. Figure out what their new, new what their new identity is with Carroll out. Um, and as far as the as far as valuing the defense, or sorry, as valuing offense over the defense, they're going to have to continue to do that, especially now that they have Jonas Valanciunas back in the lineup, which is a guy who's more offense than defense, and that's the way he's going to be for pretty much the rest of his career, yeah. unless he, you know, unless he makes a real metamorphosis during the off season. 
and they've got no Zamari Carroll anymore. A guy who's all about D3, right? Uh, yeah. So the only thing that they're going to have to do is continue working on their offense, continue relying on their offense, and whenever they need those big stops, make sure Bismack's in there. Well, that's that's what I would say. That would be my opinion of it. I think the teams they have coming up, they're very capable of outscoring. Yes. They can outscore all these teams. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Bismack better get his uh, minutes in, though, against uh, Boston, Miami, and Los Angeles. They, he better. He's going to need his moments, and Jonas is going to need a rest because those guys, every single one of those teams, have have a talented front court that's going to give Jonas headaches at some point or another during those games. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. I mean, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic that starts to begin between JV and Bismack in terms of more so what Casey's going to do with their minutes, how he's going to utilize them. Are we going to go back to seeing last year with the whole? Boycotting JV in the fourth quarter? No, that's, <laughs> like, that's not good. You can't do that. You no, can't no, no, no. You can't. Especially, you can't. You got especially the guy that you plan to have like as your future corner yeah. piece. So yeah, I don't see that happening. But if people are going to be that down on JV right now, mm-hmm. then hey, what do you think Casey's thinking? All right. One last quick thought: Who's lost in all this? Patrick Patterson found his shot again. He found a shot, and he found a counter move to the shot. Stretch four. Uh, there you go. You see, like you see a bunch of times where. It, you know, guys will run out to him and he'll pump fake and he'll take two, three dribbles into the lane and, you know, you know, lay up, dunk, or draw a foul. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's valuable to have a guy like that, you know, starting to step it up because the bench really kind of dictates whether they win or lose games now. Like, if the bench plays well, they're winning. If they, the bench is poor, consequently, they're losing games. So, such as basketball. So, you know? such as basketball. So, <laughs> the bench is, actually, is probably right? a big, yeah. is a big part of their bench. He's... Uh, uh, sort of like their six man, him and Ross. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep his play up. And, you know, as this team goes, as the bench goes, this team goes. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the bench is ebb and flow with a lot of the pace that goes on in the game mm-hmm. in terms of if the tempo's there, the bench can just kind of keep up with the pace at play. Or bringing in a guy like Corey Joseph to facilitate, let's say, a half-court offense, slow things yep. down. Yep. Even if it means keeping Lowry out there with him, mm-hmm. it makes a world of a difference. And it gives the Raptors so many options in terms of what they can do and how they want to attack teams, how they don't want to defend teams. It's just a whole different dynamic that they can actually use. And if Casey can keep that up and actually do it to a way that's going to be effective, they'll be a really good team. But I think the jury's still out on whether Casey's capable of doing that or not. Yep. Well, that should wrap up just about all the stuff we've had to talk about the Raptors here. But uh, while the team's on their four-game road trip, I would encourage fans to go down to St. Mike's College. Go check out the 56th annual yes. tournament of the St. Mike's Nike Invitational Tournament. I might be there um, checking out. Why not? See some of the GTA's best high school players play. Uh, it's worth going to watch. It's one of the oldest traditions that the school has in terms of tournaments. Yep. So why not go support your local market and check out the St. Mike's Nike Invitational Tournament? Please do, because they are major, just like in their name. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up this episode of the TOT Cast. As always, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can follow us on Twitter at Tip of the Tower, or on Facebook by liking our Facebook page, also at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to me, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris You can also follow Ryan Greco on Twitter at RyanGreco416. And of course, you can follow our beloved wide receiver, Natea J, on Twitter at T-E-Y 11 underscore. That's Tay 11 underscore. Thanks again for listening to the show and have yourself a great day.